We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. It's Hardline on News Radio 930, WBEN. Good morning. This is Dave Debo. For the next hour, and I assume after that with Meet the Press coming up at 12 noon, we're going to be talking about the events in Washington this past week and everything that's swirled around them. Michael Flynn, President Trump's former national security advisor, pled guilty to charges of lying to the FBI. He did so after an indictment coming down from special counsel Robert Mueller. Mueller, of course, the man who's looking into possible connections between the Trump campaign and Russia, all that stuff about collusion. Now, there are those that argue that this does not represent that collusion, but what it does represent is maybe something that happened after the fact. And part of that discussion, part of that debate certainly brings in the issue of fake news and the media. Let's start our discussion by looking at that right now. Brian Ross with ABC has been suspended now for a month. He reported initially when all of this uh, Michael Flynn stuff came down that Trump was a candidate when he and his staffers directed Flynn to make contact and reach out with Moscow. He later clarified that those orders came when Trump was president-elect and that in that regard, it was reaching out to the campaign and not reaching out to influence the election. And that's a crucial difference. If you're going to make a mistake, you don't want to make a huge one like that, especially at a time when the United States is debating whether or not Russia was involved in collusion and whether or not there's this thing out there that the Trump forces have labeled fake news. Let's talk about that right now. Mike Igo is with us. He is an attorney, so we will get to some of the Michael Flynn stuff with him in just a little bit, but he's also a journalism professor at SUNY Fredonia. He's a guy that you've probably seen on TV, used to be a reporter with Channel 2 News. Mike, thanks for coming on in. Morning, Dave. Have I framed it properly? Is this a a huge, big one? Yeah, you sure have, especially now that my scholarly life is with me as a journalism professor. You know, and it really bothers me on several levels, but the basic level is, as a journalism professor, I teach very strongly, let's get it right, and I teach attribution and checking on your sources. And now when my students see that happen, and, you know, a big money player at the national level can't get it right, you would think when someone's at that level, they would be at the pinnacle of the standards, but obviously not so much. The only good thing about this is that I like the fact that ABC News hammered him because I was very upset by the Brian Williams situation. Brian Williams, of course, was a former NBC anchor who lied about his involvement in the Iraqi war and the coverage of it. And basically, they pushed him aside temporarily. Then they brought him back at MSNBC and they, you know, still making millions of dollars and said, you're a bad boy, so go forward in peace now, my son. <laughs> and that bothered me. Perhaps, you know, it's a little different situation, obviously, than sexual harassment, a little more severe when it's sexual harassment. But the fact that, you know, they just kind of look the other way again bothered me. Ironically, Andrew Luck, who's one of the people responsible for removing Matt Williams now, or I Brian should say Williams. Brian Williams, right, right, I'm right. sorry. Yeah, he's the same guy who kind of let Brian Williams off the hook. So I guess the whole climate of media involvement and media punishment has changed. So that's a good thing in that respect from a journalism teacher point of view. All right. Now, so you contend that ABC acted right and swift and good? They should have. Okay. That's what basic journalism is all about. You know, the Society of Professional Journalists has a code of ethics. Seek the truth and report it. Well, that's right. certainly not seeking the truth and reporting it. And factual inaccuracies are a big deal in this business, you know. If you do a minor mistake in certain other businesses, maybe not so much of a problem. But when it comes to journalism, 
you know, the people rely on you to get it right. It's important that you uphold that standard. Now, put it in the context of the national debate. Uh, I first learned about this on Twitter from ABC where they said, we've suspended Brian Williams. Uh, I'm doing it, too. We've suspended Brian Ross. Here's why. And they, they uh, basically outlined that he had said it happened during the campaign, and lo and behold, no, it happened after the campaign. Uh, they apologized for that. But the immediate tweet right below that was, and you wonder why we call it fake news. Talk about the damage that this does and its role in the larger debate over whether the media is out to get this particular president. Well, exactly right. Obviously, anytime something like that happens, including uh, <clears throat> the situation at NBC the other day with Matt Lauer, it feeds into Trump's thing, oh, fake news, fake news all the time. Here's another example, but it's just an ongoing thing, which obviously it's not. Unfortunately, the things that have happened lately are very high profile, so they draw a lot more attention. But obviously, there's plenty of journalists who are getting it right. But sadly, when the big name ones don't, then it's a problem. Do you think the media is out to get this president? I got to admit, I feel the media is biased towards Trump. But on the other hand, you know, I think they probably are a little more rambunctious because of this fake news thing. I have to admit it bothers me to some extent, too, even though I'm not in the business anymore. You know, it's just like a blanket thing. And I think it's like Nazism. If you keep hearing the same thing over and over again, people go, oh, yeah, fake news, fake news, fake news. So that's the part of the equation that bothers me. Explain it. What do you mean? Uh, Because Trump is saying there's fake news out there, journalists have to be more aggressive? I think they perhaps are for that reason, because they feel the reputation is more at stake. And perhaps it's like anything else. When someone starts firing the arrows at you, you do your best to defend yourself. You know, So I think in that respect, but let's face it, uh, it's been proven time and time again that most of the media, at least on the outset, seems to have been Hillary Clinton supporters for whatever reason. Wow, you admit this. You acknowledge this. because Yeah, well, I'm not in the business anymore, so no, I can't get a lot of stuff. I, I get you, but I think there are a lot, of the, a lot of people in the journalistic community that say, oh, we're not biased. Uh, I think they are. Bias is a fact of life, regardless of whether you're a journalist or not. You know? In fact, you know, think about it. When you do a story... How you do the story is a form of bias. Obviously, you're supposed to be fair and accurate and impartial, but your whole approach to the story, you know, who you call, how you frame your story, one that is a form of bias, whether it's intentional or not. That's just natural. It's the way it is. You rely on the things you know from your own experience and from your experience as a media person. So it's frame of reference that creates the liberal bias? It's, it's, the, it's the background of the people in journalism, you would, you would say? Yeah, that's a little bit of it. And are journalists more liberal than others? I don't know if I buy into that, but I think for sure, I think there was more of a bias towards Hillary Clinton. And it's ironic how everything turned out in that respect, you know, because I, you'd think that because all the media was focusing their attention against Trump, it would be the opposite in the election, but not so much. So that kind of says something good for the electorate, I guess, to believe what they want to believe and not necessarily be swayed by the media. What do you think? Eight hundred three oh nine thirty, by the way, is our number. If you'd like to join the conversation, we'd love to have you aboard. Mike is with us uh, for most of the half hour here. And uh, if we can squeeze in a couple of quick phone calls there. I've always thought it said um, that it's not so much the way or what the way a story is reported, but what is selected to be the story, uh, that, that what different journalists decide is relevant, uh, is where the real yeah, bias Yeah, that's a lies. form of bias. You know, in theory, every news organization starts their day, as you know, you've worked in the media for a number of years, with a editorial meeting, and they're done several times throughout the day. And the gatekeepers, who's the ultimate boss, whether it be the executive editor, the news director, or whatever, executive producer, decides what stories to cover. And what is relevant for their audience as defined by a lot of different factors. Yeah, exactly right. And it's very hard to gauge. I mean, when you've worked in an area for a while, especially Western New York, you kind of know what's important to the people, whether it be the Buffalo Bills, the snow and whatnot. 
But some of the other things, you know, it's a judgment call as far as what people really need to know. So if you're going to get down to it, that's a form of bias, too. But at least in theory, the media is always supposed to be serving the needs of its audience. All right. Now, what happens next, do you think, with Brian Ross? Will he return after four weeks? I think in this situation, they probably will bring him back unless there's really such a furor out in the public that they feel he's lost all credibility, you know. Uh, but uh, I'm sure Matt Lauer is gone. There's no doubt. But in fact, I was reading this morning how Matt Lauer, they've actually basically uh, <laughs> demolished his whole office. They've torn it down right. like, like urban renewal. Wow. Now, I, I do want to touch on that, too. This is a good week to have you in here. Uh, I would say what a week it is. Uh, and this is a week where we've had a lot of issues involving the media. You said earlier that in 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 terms of and I'm not I'm trying to figure out how to, to phrase this without without downplaying the suffering of victims. I'm trying to be sensitive. And I think that uh, you can, though, despite that sensitivity, put forth the argument, and I thought I heard you say it, that the crimes that Brian Williams were accused of, basically lying about a story, exaggerating a story, is in terms of journalism a pretty serious offense, yet he's back on the air. Um, We all know people in this business that might be real jerks off air or uh, behind the scenes or, or behind the byline. But in terms of the job they do, they do a really good job and they are kept there because that job is what they're there for. Matt Lauer, Charlie Rose, different scenario. Yeah, it happened in the workplace, but it wasn't necessarily something that happened involving their work product. Is that a distinction that it's proper to make? And in light of that, do you think the penalties that have been issued to all these men anyone from Brian Williams for lying about his story or Matt Lauer for uh, sexually harassing coworkers, is the punishment correct in light of that, uh, one being being a offense at work and the other involving the work product? I think it's all appropriate to your credibility as a journalist, the way people perceive you, and also the credibility of your news organization. You know, it's ironic. It's probably because of the Harvey Weinstein situation that this thing got the spotlight more, and there's certainly much more repercussions than perhaps a year or two ago. Consequently, when Matt Lauer steps up to the plate now, gone. You know, no discussion yeah, about yeah. it all. I, I suspect the way they handled it, and I think they said this in the memo, there's been some indications of problems in the past, but once one particular colleague really laid out very carefully and very distinctly what the problems were with sexual harassment. But it's all about timing. So, again, situation, Charlie Rose, bang, right away. So I'm very happy to see accountability in that respect. And you're right. To some extent, Brian Williams lying is not perhaps as severe as sexual harassment, but it all goes to the picture of what a journalist should not be doing. And that's what it is. There's, I think, a much higher standard, or there should be in my mind, to what's expected of a journalist and how you conduct yourself. And many, many television contracts are full of uh, morals clauses and things like that. Uh, so you think it's okay that well, the question of what a journalist should be doing does include things like uh, moral turpitude, sexual harassment, that kind of stuff? Yeah, your personal life is part of the equation of how people see you out in public. You know, I mean, that's one of the things when I was in the media, I always had to be on my best behavior. Fortunately, I was. Because people are watching you, people talk about you, and so on and so on. Your personal life is really not your personal life anymore. Mike and I, we're at work together. I'm not going to share those stories. <laughs> 803-0930 is the number. Mike Igo is here, a former journalist at Channel 2. These days, he's a professor of journalism at SUNY Fredonia. Also, by the way, an attorney. So a little bit later in the program, we will be talking a bit more about Michael Flynn and the charges involving the special counsel. Uh, and, and President Trump's former national security advisor. But as you can hear in the background, uh, we've got a caller on the line already, Frank in Williamsville. Hi, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I got a comment about uh, 
journalism and, and the actual background work that they are expected to do by the public. And let me use that tax plan as, a, as an example, because we keep hearing that either the so-called rich are going to benefit from one, one source, and then we hear from the other source that maybe the middle class are going to benefit after all. Well, can't they just do a representative tax return under each set of rules, the new rules versus the old rules, and then it will tell us who wins and who loses for each particular tax return that they do? It seems so simple to me to do that rather than, than opening up with questions like, you know, Governor Cole, some say that the rich are going to benefit more than the middle class here. And then he just has a platform to go off on his, you know, um, uh, anxiety about how the new t- tax form is going to be uh, implemented. I was wondering if you could implement it. Uh, All right. I, I, I want to take that before I throw it to Mike, though, because I think w- what I did here was let you hear what Cuomo said. And then I had an attacks expert, a CPA, who reacted to what Cuomo said, said that maybe some of his fears were overblown. And then you have two perspectives and can make your own decision rather than me saying Cuomo is wrong or Cuomo is right. I don't make the pronouncement, but I think I give you, and I hate to use the phrase, we report, you decide, but I think I give you uh, enough items on the smorgasbord where you can then figure out what fits your own tastes and your own background and your own sensibility so you can arrive at an objective truth on your own. Mike? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. And, you know, here's the thing about taxes. Taxes, unlike some news stories, are not as simple to talk about. You know, when I was in the media, I used to do something called Tax Tip Tuesday, and every week I'd talk to different experts. And that's the problem. Even some of the tax codes sometimes can be interpreted in many, many different ways. So I think it's a good idea to do like a model breakdown of what could possibly happen. But even now, there's a lot of stuff that's not finalized yet. So that's exactly the problem with some of the little twists and turns, interpretation. Many, many times over the years when I did tax reports, I saw that things, you know, with varying interpretations can change the scenario. So it's a very, very difficult area to report on. Not to make excuses for the media, but that's the way it is. I know from years of covering tax reports. Frank, I think you had a broader issue there, though, too. I want to make sure we address it. Go ahead. Well, it just has to deal with, with, with the journalists and the, the background work they do. It seems to me it's, it's just kind of like convenience reporting now, where they just ask general broad questions without actually doing any kind of work to find out on their own before the – there's no investigative journalism, I should say. Do you know why that is, Frank? No. Let me tell you. The reason is because nowadays there's so much expected of the young people. When I was in the media, I was basically a reporter. I did some photography. But nowadays, the young people come into the business are expected to do the reporting, the photography, and the editing. And on top of that, they get to do all the social media, whatever it may be for the network. They get to do the station's website. Again, not to make excuses, but there's a lot, a lot of demands. And the deadline is like the next meal coming. And unfortunately, perfect example, a young lady who did a story with me last summer, she came to my house at 11 a.m., left at noon. She had to go down to Fredonia for another story by herself, drive down there, spend an hour and a half a difficult story, and she got back on the news that night. She did a full package on my story, a full package on the water story down in the Fredonia-Brockton area, and a Vosa. So she's on three shows. So all these young people are dancing as fast as they can. All right, but that's a broadcast example. Talk about print. Are they less investigative too, do you think? Uh, yes and no. Uh, newspapers are cutting back the resources. They are putting more into digital. So I think, in theory, the print people have more time. But fortunately, places like Channel 2 have uh, hired investigative posts to be part of the equation. And Channel 2 is a good example. And Channel 4, to some extent, has made more of a commitment to investigative reporting. But bottom line is, the corporate climate nowadays is people do not have as much time to work on their stories. And unfortunately, you get what you get, whether it be mistakes or lack of time to develop stories. Again, not being an apologist, but that's reality. I know it from very well from seeing it. Joe and West Seneca, hello, hello. You're on the air. 
Yeah, just a couple of comments. I think that, uh, by and large, uh, journalism is dead. I'll say that straight up. I'll also state that uh, journalists are generally um, intellectually dishonest. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this stuff out. Trump is absolutely right. There's a lot of fake news. Look at the election. Uh, just this week, they had a pre- uh, press meeting in the White House. They documented that 90% of the questions were against Trump. They didn't even bring up the John Conyers issue, several other issues that were the news of the day. Yet they were asking more about Mueller. They're asking about all these other issues. So if they don't think people are onto this nonsense that comes out of the press, uh, they got another thing coming because a lot of people are onto it. And I, I think journalism's completely dead. Take it for what it's worth. But I don't believe half of what I hear on the news, NBC, CBS, CNN, They've been documented to be fake. There's a lot of fake news yourself if you don't believe it. Joe, before you go, I'll I'll get some reaction from Mike, but tell me what you would want to see a journalist do that they're not doing. When they when they look for facts, uh, you know, uh, if they did half the homework and if they didn't have a political agenda would make a big difference. Like you look at how they investigated the, the Clintons versus how they're trying to, you know, do this stuff against Trump. Uh, there's one example where. Uh, you know, they documented a speech where uh, Hillary uh, was doing a speech, and they, they didn't say anything about it, a lot of her statements in there. But uh, Trump, they do all the investigative work. They come out with facts that he's wrong on this. We fact-check this. He's wrong on that. They don't do the same for uh, where their political agenda, which is always left, uh, left-leaning. left All right, Mike, what do you say? Yeah, I think there's always going to be more of a spotlight on Trump because he is the president now. So Hillary Clinton, even though she's still a public figure, is not as much of interest to the people, everyday people and whatnot. But I agree with you to some extent. I don't know if journalism is dead, but it certainly is not what it what it used to be, primarily because of the things I designed, that there's you know more work to do and less time to do it in. And a lot of it, I think, when all is said and done, has to do with the fact there's basically five corporations that own about 90% of American media. And unfortunately, it's what they want. It's basically squeeze, 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 and get whatever you can get. But that's not an ideological bias. That's just a bias toward profit. Well, it is, but the point is, when all is said and done, when push comes to shove, it does affect your ability to cover the news and how much time you have to spend on the news and how much time you have to develop stories. So I think the two go hand in hand. All right, fair enough. Is the media biased? Yes. Okay, fair enough. We'll have to uh, Got him. Quoting uh, David Gregory and, and Chuck Todd now. We'll have to leave it there. Mike, uh, we're late for our break. Thanks for coming by. This was interesting stuff. Uh, when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk a little bit more about Michael Flynn. I know you're an attorney. We didn't even get to your legal perspective on that. Okay, let's do that. We'll, we'll have Mike after the break. We're going to take a break for some commercials, a newscast. We'll bring in uh, a little bit more with him, and then we'll also uh, feather in uh, former federal prosecutor Anthony Bruce coming up next, too. All still here. More to come. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com. 